Today we're talking with Baron Patel, chairman of AHOA. AHOA is the nation's largest hotel owners association with over 19,000 members, representing one out of every two hotels. They're a very well respected, very powerful organization. Let's find out what their chairman has to say. Hey Baron, thank you for joining me today. Chairman of AHOA, you picked a terrible time to be chairman. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Teague, you know, thank you for the opportunity. I, I think that this concept that you created last year during this pandemic has been awesome. You know, I've had a chance to look at some of the um, podcasts that you've done with so many prominent people in our industry, and it's been great. Thank you for having me. But as you said, yeah, what a time to take over um, something that we've never seen before. But the way I look at it is um, if, I, if it wasn't me, who would it be? So, I, you know, I've been ready for the challenge. It's been an up and down year. But I, you know, I think that uh, we'll get over this sooner than later. Uh, well, thumbs up to you for being the face. I mean, somebody's got to be. So let's, I got to ask, but what are you hearing? Listen, you got, you got tons of members uh, representing tons of hotels, feet on the ground all day, every day. What are you hearing from your membership? What do they want? What are they getting? What do they need? How are they doing out there? Yeah, you know, for the most part, hotel owners continue to struggle till this day, right? From last March till now, most of them are continuing to struggle. You do have some, you know, hoteliers who have some maybe economy segment properties or extended stay properties or in some good markets that are, you know, done well or done okay during this time. But for the most part, they continue to struggle, right? Our industry was probably the first one to feel the economic fallout and probably the last ones to recover. And, you know, our membership and our member hoteliers just in general, we've been used to, having in-person events, that's been our outreach, right? And now we've had to pivot just like a lot of other people to virtual stuff. And I think, you know, a lot of people are pretty much, you know, somewhat zoomed out, but you know, this is the way we, we can get information, right? Um, but I, I think that, you know, from an advocacy front, um, from an educational standpoint, from the brand communication standpoint, these are all important that are, that hotels are, you know, using platforms like AHOA to get through this pandemic. So what, uh, you don't want to last in a second what AHO is doing for everybody, but let me, let me keep focusing on, I mean, we're talking to the members, right? And I don't know what we hear. We hear, oh yeah, Teague, we're breaking even. And I give them all credit. They're entrepreneurs, they're survivors, uh, they're rolling up their sleeves. But you and I both know that breaking even means we furloughed three quarters of our staff. Uh, we're working three to four to 10 jobs ourselves. Uh, we may or may not be paying uh, taxes, insurance, franchise fees, uh, debt service, um, certainly no FF&E reserves. We're kicking the can. I mean, is that surviving? I mean, that, that's your new break even, right? Yeah, it is. You know, I, I think that, you know, obviously the first round of the stimulus with the PPP was kind of a bandage that helped us out to kind of stay afloat. Then, you know, we talked to so many government officials to get that second round out. As you know, we've gotten that second round out. And I think that even the second round with the payroll protection, with you know, that increased to three and a half times from two and a half, that helps. So these are small bandages that are keeping hotels afloat, right? With the EIDL, I mean, you know, there's still some, so much relief that government can give us during this time to, you know, ho hopefully to ride this wave out. I mean, you know, the Main Street Lending Program, is they have a half a billion dollars just sitting there that we don't have access to. So, you know, we're trying to educate the lawmakers that, you know, this is what we need to get out of this. And then, you know, from a hotelier standpoint, you know, even some of my assets, you know, I mean, 
they're struggling, right? And I mean, we, it goes back to the relationship with your lenders. You know, some of them have given us, you know, some forbearance. And eventually as this, you know, and it's the relationship that you've built through the years pays off now. I think a lot of other hoteliers have done the same thing, you know, and the, and the bank, the lending institutions understand, and they've gotten less restrictions also from, you know, from, from their uh, guidance people that, you know, um, they're not as being as strict as they normally would be because they understand what's going on. How long do you think that could last? I mean, I think that, you know, probably at least till the third quarter, right? As what I'm hoping, right? I mean, I think that this new new stimulus has is going to help hoteliers out at least for the next three to five months. But then after that, it's going to be, you know, um, critical to see what happens. It, it's going to be interesting to see, as you know, Teague, that in the last 10 years, our industry has pretty much been recession proof, right? There's been a lot of development happening. You just don't know how many people have over leveraged themselves in this situation. Lot, there's a lot of CMBS loans out there. You know, there, there really hasn't been many, much assistance for, the, for them. So how, how long can people ride it out, right? You know, a lot of them have ridden it out, you know, for the last 10, 11 months, maybe three to five more months. But third to fourth quarter of this year is going to be very critical, I think, and seeing how, how long can people keep their keys, you know, until they have to let them go. Yeah, I think reality kicks in in the second half of this year. Yeah. The, the banks uh, have been great. I mean, I would argue, I'll give everybody credit up and down the spectrum. Everybody's been fantastic doing what we need to do to get through this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the rubber hits the road uh, in the second half of this year and or next year, really. Who, who can, who's surviving and, and thriving and who's not? So I don't know if you have any predictions there. I don't have any predictions. There's always guesses. But, you know, I, you know back to the lending part. You know, I spoke to some of my peers who are who own community banks here in Dallas, right? Yep. And and, I, and I've asked them, you know, how is your lending on? They said, we're lending. You know, it's just a little bit more strict, more down payment, you know. But the relationship that that people have built, they're still lending. You know, so it goes back to the relationships that you that, that I mentioned earlier. We've heard relationships over and over again, and and I and again, kudos to our industry. Uh, so, what is what are the memberships asking from AHOA, and what's the AHOA doing? for its memberships. And are you working with AHNL? I know you work with AHNLA. I know you work with the brands. Uh, any progress there? And how long does that last? Yeah, so you know, members are looking for financial relief, right? And, and, and a special stimulus package targeted for the hospitality industry, as I mentioned. You know, li liability protection is gonna be huge, right? That's, that's a lot of, lot, you know, a lot of hoteliers are fearing about liability protection because owners are asking what their liability will look like when people start traveling again, you know, they're concerned that the potential lawsuits that you know, might be affecting them, that people might have you know, contracted this virus through their hotels. So, you know, I think that, you know, the lobby protections will be, you know, very key down the road. And then obviously we have several members of ours that, you know, bring up some brand concerns at times and rightfully so, you know, this is something that nobody expected to. And so you, you see people, you know, built up some frustrations and concerns. So what we've done is, we have this open dialogue with our brand partners, right? You've got to have a two-way communication and we are voicing some of the concerns to, to the brands of how they can help out during this pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of brands have done a lot of good things for their franchisees during this time. Some have done more than others, but you know, I think that overall, you know, the, the, the fear is from the hoteliers is that, they're going to revert back to their old brand standards and mandates sooner than later, right? Now that the vaccine has come out, 
Um, the, and hotels are like, we're nowhere near pre-COVID. So their fear is that are the brands going to start, you know, rolling out some of their pre-existing, you know, um, mandates and uh, stuff that they had, you know, prior to COVID. And with AHLA, you know, they've been great. You know, with the United Unified Voice, our voice is stronger, right? You know, as you know, Chip was part of AHOA before, and so we have a great relationship with them. You know, especially in D.C., when, when AHOA and AHLA and other associations, like-minded associations, go to them and talk about the, 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 the stuff that's going on in our industry and what things that are affecting our, our, our hoteliers, it is, we are educated, it's, you know, really good progress. I'll give you an example. The SBA, you know, um, waiver protection last, last year. Initially, when PPP first came out, if you owned one asset under one corporation, if you own multiple assets, sorry, you were only eligible for one, um, for one asset. And we made them understand that, hey, you know, a lot of people own multiple assets under one corporation. Even this time around, the payroll protection, when they increase it from two and a half to three and a half, these are voices from AHOA, AHLA, and other associations that make lawmakers understand what's going on. Has the PPP, I don't think the checks have started rolling yet, have they? No, not yet, but a lot of people have applied, right? And, I, and so now, um, hopefully sooner than later, this is going to start coming out. I mean, you know, and they have the 25% um, restriction where if your business has dropped more than 25% from year over, from qu any quarter, which I'm assuming that almost every business dropped 25% at least one quarter last year. So you should be eligible. Even with TDR, right? They've increased that, given it some more flexibility with TDR. And with the SBA, uh, 504 and 7-8, I mean, there's a little bit more flexibility in this new round. Do you, let's stay on politics. Do you think there needs to be more? I mean, they're currently fighting for more stimulus. Do you think there needs to be more? And what's AHOA's position? Oh, definitely, right? There's, there needs to be more. As I mentioned, the Main Street Lending Program. I mean, those funds, half a billion dollars just sitting there that our, our industry doesn't have access to, right? I think that I mean, almost every asset has debt. And if, if you put that as a restriction, then you're not eligible for it, right? And so, and I think that when, when government talks about airline industry and other industries, why aren't they talking about our industry in the same playing field is, is, is what we were trying to get them to understand, right? Um, I think the CMBS, I mean, there has to be some kind of assistance in CMBS. I, it's, it's uphill battle team, but you know, they, it, it's on their table. They, you know, we've had several dialogues with them and we've been proactive as a HOA even before the elections. We didn't know if the previous administration would come back or the new administration. So with both administrations, we've been proactive in getting our voice out there of what hotels need and what our industry needs. So you bring up a good point about the airlines. And my answer has always been because the airlines are controlled by a few large corporations. So it's easy for administrations to work with them and they see transportation as an infrastructure. Our industry, as we all know, is owned by lots of different entrepreneurs feet on the ground, which is kudos to groups like AHOA, who can be the voice for 19,000 plus members now, for groups like AH&LA, who can be the voice for, I don't know their membership, uh, and rolling up the Hiltons and the Marriott's in the world. Here's our industry, and we need a voice, and I appreciate you guys doing that. Is the opportunity this is when we need it so we're all looking to you here's Beard, our fearless leader here's chip rogers our fearless leader beard what are you doing and i, I appreciate everything you're doing i mean that sincerely you know i, I think t we have to take a different approach you know we've been pivoting through this pandemic as we learn new things and when members come to us and ask us certain questions 
for brand relief, right? And when we talk to our brand partners, I think it needs to be more industry related. You know, when, when there's something about airlines, nobody pinpoints American Airlines or United. It's about the airline industry. So now, but hospitality, right? Our industry as a whole, this is a time that we can make changes, whether it's with our brands, there's, you know, disruptors, cost, regulations, all these things are key where this is the time that we believe, or I believe that this, that there could be some changes made for our industry. Let, give me some examples and which ones are going to be lasting changes and which ones are going to go away. I mean, what are we doing with breakfasts and amenity creep? And are we going to charge for room service? Give me your opinions. Yeah. So, you know, when the pandemic first started, breakfast was a hot topic. And, you know, some of our membership hoteliers said that this is the chance to get rid of breakfast. Okay. And we spoke to the brand CEOs about this. And what we came to found out was that just as many people who want to get rid of breakfast, the people who do want breakfast, depending on the market that you're in. Right. And that has given especially with so many brands out there now, you know, with the five, six most you know, top companies, they owned almost over a hundred brands. And you hear about more brands coming out or rolling out in the near, near future. I, I, you know, I, I heard Mark's uh, podcast with you and they're talking about caption, right? They're coming out soon, a lifestyle brand. So a lot of other brands are coming with more and more brands, right? So, but breakfast, I think that it needs to be scaled back because over the years, breakfast has evolved and it's, it's a, big cost to hoteliers, right? Because everyone's being competitive with other brands. So then everyone rolls out new things each year. And, th and, and some hoteliers are becoming frustrated. Yes, it might bring some guests in the door and give you some loyalty guests, you know, through their re rewards program, but it, it could be scaled back somewhat, right? So hotel overall think that, you know, if you're not going to get rid of it, then scale it back a little bit, right? I mean, amenities, right? I mean, housekeeping is another big topic, right? Opt-in, opt-out is a big, big thing. Um, and especially during this time when cleanliness and sanitation is huge that, you know, opt-in, opt-out has worked. So now will that be here to stay? And that's what some of the hotels are fearing that will we revert back to the old, old ways as we come out of this pandemic. And that's what we're trying to get the, the brands to understand. And it's been an open communication with them. They get it. It's just that the fear is, will they, will they go back somewhat to their old ways? Right. Is, is the question. That's probably all of our fears that we all go back to the old ways. Oh, some right. hand it's great on some hand it's not. I'll so. tell you, to, you know, from a personal level in our, you know, this time gave us a chance to refocus the culture in our company. You know, the hustle in the last, like I said, eight to nine years, economy has been good. Business has been good. And we've been so focused of uh, resource driven that sometimes it makes us go back and look and look back and refocus the brand and your culture and your companies. And what's more important to you? Is it the health and safety of your employees and your guests, right? Um, and the culture that, 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 you've, that you've created and are you still implementing that, right? Because it, yes, it obviously the end goal is to make money, right? But at the same time, have you kind of, you know, taken the foot off the, off the pedal on some other areas? And so, you know, I think this is the silver lining in this has helped a lot of hoteliers out to kind of refocus their companies of what direction they want to go in. And as we come out of this, I think that we'll be even better hoteliers. Uh, all right, I'm going to pick on you. I like where you're going here. I'm going to stay there. What, what, what made you join AHOA and what made you choose to run for chairman of AHOA? And are you glad you did it? So, you know, AHOA is now in their 32nd year of existence, right? And so I grew up in the hotel industry. Um, I was born in England. My parents, we moved here when I was a very young age to the state of Texas. And I've been in Dallas probably since 1982, right? And we had an independent hotel that was 40 units. 
I was renting rooms at a young age, knocking on doors at checkout time, stripping beds, you know, doing laundry. And this is, this is a common story with South Asian second generation hoteliers. And, um, you know, that they, we've kind of grown up in the business. So it's in our blood, right? And at, then after I got done with schooling, I have two younger brothers who went in the medical field. And I was like, well, somebody needs to stay in the family business. And so I stayed in the family business. My dad was taking me to some of these AHOA events, the regionals, town halls. And then, you know, I became an ambassador um, under Mehul's regime here in North Texas. And that position opened up and Mehul said that you should think about running for this position. So I became a regional director, you know, probably about 10 years ago. So I was regional director for three years. And then there was an opportunity to run for the higher position as an officer. And at that time, I, I took a decision of, hey, look, either I run for a higher position or get out and focus more on the family business. And, then, and so I said, this is an opportunity that I might never get again, right? It's more, from not, not, not just from learning different ways in the hospitality business, but networking, making myself better as a hotelier. So I was like, you know, I was what, maybe 36, 37, I, and two young children, uh, a wife with a corporate job. But, you know, long as she gave me the okay, the green light to do it, I took this opportunity. And, you know, looking back at it, I mean, you know, it's a lot of, you know, as you know, that the travel is a lot pre-pandemic and, you know, a lot of time away from the family. But, you know, I think that there's not a book that you can write of what you learn in these roles, right? And, I mean, just networking with people at your conferences, what you learn, and, you know, at the general sessions, the, the, the people that come there, you network, you know, just what's going on amongst your peers and how they operate in their companies, it's, it, it's, it's phenomenal. Well, what, that's awesome. Well, what have you learned about yourself this year? Patience. Um, listen, 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 right? I, I, you know, my personality, you know, before leadership was probably you would get impatient at times. And I think that patience I have learned and, you know, that leadership skills have evolved and hearing real life concerns of what's happening. You know, when the times are great, you don't hear as much complaining, right? Um, besides how it's really competitive and, and people are building everywhere and I can't get this brand or that brand. But now the complaints or the frustrations are different. And the empathy that, what, that you just grow within yourself for you, that you have for peers of yours who are going through some tough times along with yourself. And I, I think that this makes you a better person, right? I think it's made me a better person. And it makes you focus on small things in life that you might not thought were as important pre-pandemic. What does the 2021 calendar look like for AHOA? So we have six charity golf tournaments already planned for this year. Those are outdoor gatherings. So those are, you know, low hanging fruit that we, we, want, we want to maximize. Um, you know, last year we did our regional events virtually. We did them, we kind of combined them. We have 22 regions now. So we've kind of combined them into eight super regionals. This year we plan on in the fall between maybe September or November hosting in-person events then. Um, as you as I've stated that we mentioned, uh, we've postponed our annual conference to August. We're planning on having that in person, and then you know attending industry events like yours throughout the year. You know, representing our association, representing hoteliers uh, across um, the industry. So, what does recovery look like? You know, I, I think that um, you know the new administration is saying that they're going to be pretty aggressive with this distribution of vaccine, right? Um, several million vaccines in so, so many days. If that is nearly true, then I'm, I think it's sooner than later, right, as far as the road to recovery. But realistically, I think that, you know, 
we're going to start seeing light at the other tunnel sooner than later, but we're not going to get to pre pre COVID for a couple more years. Occupancy is going to start gradually increasing. I feel, but ADR is, I mean, I think we've gone back almost 15 years, 15 years in ADR. That's going to take some time. That's where when you see the STR and the CBRE for forecast, I think they're more in line with that ADR. Occupancy is going to start increasing as people get more consumer confidence, right? And long as hoteliers are doing their part by, you know, making sure those hotels are clean and sanitized, um, you know, I think that people are going to start traveling again. But third to fourth quarter, I think you start seeing an increase. But as far as business, I think the ADR should take a couple of years. We think a couple of years as well. That's what, that's what we're hearing. I want, so how does that impact your vision of your company of what you're going to do, both offense and defense? So defense-wise, we want to kind of make sure that the assets we have are, you know, are able to pay the bills, right? Offense-wise, new, new development right now is not in our future. I mean, at least in the next year or two. I mean, you know, pre-pandemic, the cost of building was significantly high. Now costs might be down a little bit, but it's still, for me and our company, it's not wise to have new development. Acquisitions, we're definitely gonna be looking at acquisitions. I, knew, I know that, and I'm sure you heard this a lot too, through your, your company, that when the pandemic started, a lot of hotels who have, you know, have liquidity, thought that maybe some of these hotels would be coming up 30, 40% discount. And that hasn't happened for the most part. I see more 10 to 15% discount. And so it's interesting to see how this plays out in the next, you know, maybe four to eight months. Um, but I think that for us, we're going to be looking at acquisitions, um, maybe some conversions. And even as you've, as you've heard, um, maybe even some acquisitions where we can convert to multifamily. When do the tough decisions for you and the membership, when do the tough decisions happen between now and the end of the year? Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, I think the CMBS guys are, you know, I, I hear several hotels tell me, hey, we need to get our voice out for CMBS. We've got to get the government to understand and give us a type of relief. And we are, but they, they just haven't come back with anything, you know, with substance. So I know that CMBS is going to be a, a whole different ball game as far as how that plays out. And then, you know, like I mentioned earlier, how, how many hotels have ever leveraged themselves and especially the, the, the you know, upscale hotels, you know, the, the, the new ones that have come out where the development costs so much. And you have REITs and other companies who have put so much money in the how long can they sustain, right? For myself, I think that, you know, for our portfolio, for the most part, I mean, I think we should be okay. Um, you know, there might be some hotels that are not doing as well. I mean, I'll tell you this, we sold a hotel during the pandemic and we lost some money on it. But that hotel, T, was in an energy corridor where we were already doing bad the last two years, pre-pandemic. We weren't eligible for PPP first round. And we ended up selling it. So it was a calculated decision that we had to make that, hey, take what we can get and move on from it. Uh, I don't think you're alone there. I think all the, most of the transactions to date have been things that were sort of failing pre-pandemic. Uh, and I think what's coming next is very interesting. So there's a lot of capital being raised. There's still a lot of capital on the sidelines. Uh, a lot of the difficult decisions are going to be made, certainly in urban core, certainly in the large box markets. Uh, obviously, the economy segment's doing okay. Thank you. The, the drive-to markets are doing great. Thank you, relatively. So I think it's going to be fascinating what we see, what we learn coming up. Um, all right, let me ask a final question for you. What, 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 give me some words of wisdom. Give me some for the membership. Like what, what, what encouragement, what leadership uh, words do you want to share with those guys? So before I get to that, that question, okay. um, great. 
I want everyone who listens to your podcast to take advantage of our educational platform. You know, just during the pandemic, we've hosted over 200 webinars. And whether you are a, you know, a, a, a rookie just getting into the business or a seasoned veteran, there's something for you as a hotel owner, investor, GM, and then all in our online resource library, right? I urge everyone to take advantage of that because that is free, a free tool, right, for everyone. And there's something in one of those webinars that can make, enhance your businesses. Having said that, what, do I give, what message do I give to hotels across the country? You know, the one word that always comes up when I do these things is resilience, right? We went through 9-11, we went through 08. This is something even greater than that. But our industry is resilient. We overcome challenges. We are good at adjusting and pivoting to how to make our industry better and our businesses better. And this is no different. I mean, this is something that, like I said, that you know, no one would have envisioned. And it's something science related, but I think we're gonna get, we're gonna get over it. And we're gonna be even better hoteliers in our operations, in our acquisitions, in building everything, it's gonna make us overall better, right? And I think that just everyone keep your head up and stay positive. And I think the sooner is coming, you know, I think it's, it's not, we're not in the, done in the, here in the next month or two, but within the next 12 months, we're gonna see a more light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I, here, here, I like it. That's great words of wisdom. And I think, listen, Baron, uh, cheers to you and your leadership. Um, uh, I don't know who's next, Vinay, I think is coming next. These guys were cut out for him. Uh, and I think just AHOA, just like everyone, has had to pivot. And I think all the online resources that we can watch from the comforts of our own houses uh, are things people should take advantage of. So cheers to you guys for being the leaders. Keep fighting the fight with AHOA and uh, PPP and whatever, whatever we can get for the membership because we need somebody speaking for the voice for the industry. Uh, thank you again, Tegan. I look forward to seeing you at your conference. Uh, I look forward to it too. Thanks, Barry.